What's on the Menu with Adrian Abraham on Money FM 89.3. It's Money FM 89.3, and my next guest is Chef Drew Nocente. He's the owner and chef at Salted and Hung, which is a contemporary Australian restaurant conceptualized with minimal waste in mind. Welcome to the show, Chef. How are you? Uh, good, thanks. So, you know, at the core of the menu is the creative use of forgotten parts, you know, from skin to bone, protein to innards. You know, how important is this concept of sustainability to your restaurant? Well, actually, it's huge for the restaurant. For me and for the team, it's not just a buzzword that just came around in the in the last couple of months kind of thing. Um, as you know, I grew up on a farm and nothing's wasted on the farm. So, so that whole respect for product has been with me my whole life. And now it's something I want to teach my guys in the kitchen. And it's something that I really want to hopefully get into the homes of every Singaporean as well. They kind of learn at a young age on the farm that if a life is given to you like from an animal, like a, a pig, a cow, a fish, uh, we need to respect that animal. We need to, and it's our responsibility to, to make sure we use all of it and showcase how, how amazing it is and, and what we can do with every part. Yeah, you mentioned you lived a childhood that was constantly surrounded by the wonders of fresh produce, you know, when you grew up on your family's farm near Brisbane. Uh, what's your fondest memory of the farm? Fondest memories of the farm, apart from the, the countless hours of work and stuff like that, it was probably like Sunday lunch. Like, as you can imagine, farm life don't really have nine to five, but we didn't have like set holidays and stuff like that. But Every Sunday, um, being Italian uh, as well, like we'd make sure the whole family comes together. We have a, a, a big feast, talk, joke around, and basically the whole farm would stop for a couple of hours so we could all just be together and, and catch up and, and just have fun. Like, so, yeah, that's probably like the biggest memory. Um, also, like once I said, like the, the philosophy stems from there. So, yeah, like... And, you know, uh, based on your family, was there a certain individual who inspired you to start cooking? There was, but it wasn't part of my... Well, he was my cousin that was an actual professional cook. But being Italian, like, I was cooking from as soon as I as soon as I was able to. We were always cooking um, with my grandmother and with my parents and that. So, yeah, like, earliest stages of cooking was done at home. But uh, when I was 16, I went to my cousin's restaurant and... He literally just threw me in for a couple of weeks to see if I'd like it or not. And the first thing he said, he said, if, if you like it, you'll love it. If you don't love it, don't do it. Because it, it is one of those industries that uh, you have to love it to, to do it properly. Let's throw it back a little bit. Do you remember the first dish that you made? Uh, on the farm, probably like pasta. Yeah, working, working with like doing homemade pasta, uh, cannolis, stuff like that. Like, all the Italian classics, like the comfort food, would, would have been like one of the first things that I ever made. And let's talk about your actual restaurant. You have years of experience in charcuterie and grill. Uh, what was the hardest part about mastering this art? So charcuterie, like, it sounds very simple. It's like a little bit of salt, a little bit of spices, and, and just let the meat do its thing. But there's a lot of like science that goes into it. So we got to make sure the sugar-salt ratios are right, the fat ratio compared to the meat is right. Um, then we also got to make sure that the temperatures, the humidity, and, and everything else is kept at, at the right range and everything. So for something that looks as simple as it is, it, it's quite intense. 
and it's one of those things that the more you do it, the better you get at it. Um, so right now, for me, I can just like touch the, the cured meat, smell it, and, and I know exactly how long it needs to go, if it's ready, uh, if there's a problem with the salt and stuff like that. So it, it, it's one of those things that takes years to get right, but once you know it, it's just second nature. Um, as for the grills, um, I compare that to kind of like Booksmart and Streetsmart. Grills are something that you have to work so you have to do countless hours on the grills just to, to really know how to use them properly. So like different woods cook differently, different charcoals work differently, um, and different grills themselves are, are a bit different as well. And then you have to take into account that meat, so grass-fed and grain-fed will cook differently and have different cooking times. And then you have to be a bit more careful when you get up to the high marbled wagus and stuff like that. So so yeah, it's like a lot of the stuff we do is over time and experience you just become a master at it but yeah it takes a lot of effort you know when i met you at the restaurant you were telling me you moved to singapore around 10 years ago how much has the industry changed since then it's amazing now you can walk down pretty much any street in singapore and and there's a great little restaurant it doesn't have to be the most famous but what they're doing is, is like really cool which is great like especially in these times now where where we can't travel like there's so much more to explore in Singapore and like you just got to give everyone a chance and go out and, and try different things, I think. We're in conversation with Drew Nocente. He's the chef and owner at Salted and Hung, which is a contemporary Australian restaurant. Let's talk about uh, your little baby, the restaurant Salted and Hung. Uh, what are some of the highlights from the menu? So we've got a couple of like major highlights, which would be... Um, our turbot, that aged turbot. Um, this one, we use every part of the fish in a fair few different ways. Uh, so we take the fillets themselves, age them for about five days. Uh, the bones will hang above the, the josper in the kitchen for about two to three weeks. So they get really nice and dry and smoky, and we use that to make a broth. From that bone broth, we make a, a dashi, and then we make a, a little local infused tea, so like local herbs and flowers, a little bit of lemon to make the tea. We make our version of katsubushi, which is turbo bushi. Um, so we take the fillets, cure them, dry them, and smoke them, which will take about a week or two. And then we use that to garnish uh, the asparagus that's served with it. Uh, also, we make uh, with the skin and some of the bones, we make a nice rich collagen broth. And from that, we make a sauce for the asparagus as well. Uh, the livers are used to make a bunch of one sauce, uh, finish off with a little bit of caviar. And then if there is anything else left over, we'll, like the, the stomach and all that, we use to make um, fish garum. So it's like a fermented fish sauce. Another one which is really cool, which touches back to Australia, is uh, our abalone dish. Because we worked out a way that we can make our own version of Vegemite using all our bread trimmings. So we, we brew that like beer and extract all the yeast. And then we use that to sort, um, baste the, the abalone with that and a butter as we're grilling it over bincho. And that's just finished off with a reduction of charcuterie. So it's like a charcuterie soup that's been cooked down and make a really nice sauce out of. And to finish off, we have the little tribute to the, to the family farm. Um, so we've brought on a spiral apple tartan. So we peel the, the apple all the way to the core, re-roll it, and then just caramelize it. Use all the apple trimmings from that to make a, a mousse and stuff it with that mousse. Yeah, the food and the presentations are all, I mean, you're in awe of everything when you're at the restaurant. But, you know, something that really caught my eye was what was right at the end, your basket of treats based on your childhood. So why did you want to, you know, bring this to the menu? Oh, I think it's just a fun little reflection of, of growing up, right? 
like yeah, it, it's all stuff like like we grew up as kids and, and stuff like that. So like as serious as we are about the food and everything we do and the philosophy in the restaurant, I want people to have a good time. I want them to have a little bit of fun. And uh, when the Australians that come to the restaurant that know know those little little treats at the end that. It, all, all the memories start coming back and all the flashbacks and everything like that. So it's just a way, especially now since we can't travel, it's it's a way to come back a little bit of homesickness as well, yeah? And the little koala right yeah, there, course. you know? <laughs> it just adds to the effect and, of course, brings back uh, a bit of you uh, to the table as well so that your customers can see, uh, you know, where you grew up and, uh, you know, the sort of uh, treats that you had when you were a kid. Drew, the F&B industry has been severely impacted uh, by the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic, a lot of other sectors as well, but particularly the F&B industry during the circuit breaker where restaurants had to close and you couldn't have customers in your restaurants for uh, the circuit breaker and phase one. Uh, what were you doing during this time to make sure, uh, you know, you stayed ahead of the game? Wow, that was crazy for everyone, I think. Um for us especially, like, we've never gone through anything like that. Um, taking a fine dining restaurant and converting it to a delivery platform is just unheard of until, like, last year. Which is, yeah, like, it's something that, like, we had to do and it taught us a new set of skills and stuff like that. So what I wanted to do for, for Circuit Breaker was um, basically comfort food at home. So I referred it back a lot to my Italian roots. So at least then people could just sit at home as a family and eat some nice food that would travel well because like, the stuff we do in the restaurant doesn't really travel well for 30, 40 minutes. So we had to find a little niche where people would like get food that they actually want to eat and it's still quite tasty and stuff like that. So, so that was the main focus for us. Thankfully, we had amazing support and we'd have regulars from the restaurant who would order two or three times a week and every time they'd come and pick up and stuff like that, uh, that'd give us like a little vote of confidence and thanks us and, and stuff like that. So those little things made it really cool for us to, to keep pushing on and making sure we survived everything. But it's such a good feeling and a relief to finally have customers back in the restaurant again. What are you doing differently this time compared to, you know, before the circuit breaker? Yeah, man, it, it, like, that was the happiest day of, of like, my career kind of thing, to, to make sure I can welcome all our guests back. So it was great. What we did, like the main thing we changed from a la carte and tasting menu to tasting menu only. As you know, food waste is, is like the cornerstone of our philosophy and stuff like that. And I really wanted to hammer home, especially this year. It's really something I want our guests and, and a lot of people in Singapore to, to learn about is the amount of food waste that's going on in Singapore. So this year we're really focusing on, on making sure every guest that comes here um, understands what we do with it and hopefully they can take a little bit of this home and learn a little bit and use it a little bit in their, in their own home so we can start reducing food waste in Singapore. And just before I let you go, Drew, you know when customers uh, leave your restaurant, what do you want their biggest takeaway to be? Besides, you know, learning a little bit more about food wastage and sustainability, what else do you want their takeaway to be? Well, I think with, with most restaurants, well, especially for me, I, I just want our guests to be happy. Um, I want them to have a special dining experience, something that I only we can create because of, of our philosophy and stuff like that. Uh, so, so that's the main thing. Make sure they can take a little bit of Australia with them, learn a little bit, but most importantly, have a great night, have some fun, and really enjoy like fine dining in a little bit more relaxed atmosphere. So yeah, that's the main thing. And then, of course, take home some of the knowledge about minimal waste. 
Incredible. What a story. Chef Drew Nocente, he's the owner and chef at Salted and Hung, which is a contemporary Australian restaurant located here in Singapore. Their sole focus is all about sustainability and learning about food wastage. Thank you so much, Chef, for joining me on the show. And uh, I wish you the best in your future endeavors. Hey, thank you, man. Take care. Yeah.